Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we have decided to sit here and chat Game of Thrones over breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're tackling uh, Season 3, Episode 9, a pretty forgettable Game of Thrones episode, The Reigns of Castamere, and Cinnamon. Cinnamon scones. Uh, my gosh, guys, it's been a couple now. We just walked into another boring episode. <laughs> So boring. I mean, I, I mean, I, even... I feel like I have so many notes on this, but did anything even happen? Do we just sit around and twiddle our thumbs? Wasn't a lot. Um, obviously, yeah. we're going to talk a lot, a little bit about a wedding later, but I mean, we can, we can brief, we, yeah. briefly go over that if you want. Um, let's let's wiki it so that we can know exactly yeah. what we're dealing. Wiki with it here. as Cookie Monster. All right, I you told me this a couple days ago, and yeah. then we were supposed to do it yesterday, and I guess I didn't. Um, in all that time, guess what I haven't done? And that's tried like even once monster. to speak like Cookie Monster. Okay, so it's either going to be Cookie Monster or Elmo. No, Cookie Monster. <clears throat> I'll try Cookie Monster. We'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't even know what he sounds like. I feel like it's rough and gruff and... C is for cookie. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to go with it. Sure, go with it. Rob presents, presents himself to... No, god damn it. Uh, Tony, channel the channel your inner dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> That's Oscar the Crouch. Oh, is it? I don't watch Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> don't channel your inner dumpster, then. Rob be presenting himself. That's Arnold again. <laughs> yeah, listen, play. Pull it up. Listen to it, quick. Let's listen. listen to the Cookie Monster. I, yeah, while kinda, you do that, we'll talk I about... Uh, I kind of want to hear what Cookie Monster sounds like now. Yeah, let's find it. To be honest, I don't think I've ever in my life actually watched a single episode of Sesame Street. It, oh. what, is Sesame Street still on? Oh, yeah. Really? I'm pretty sure. That's a that's an ad. Pay no attention to this ad. For Squarespace. Now, what starts with the letter C? Cookie starts with C. Let's think close. of other things that starts with C. It really wasn't bad. Who cares about other things? C it's is for cook. We're gonna get a copyright strike. All right. Uh, you kind of <clears throat> just have to kind of do like Kevin from C. The Office, and just like a mix of him. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. And just like a smoker. Yeah. Kevin, if he was a chain smoker. Rob presents himself to Walda Frey, and Edmure meets his bride. John faces his harshest test yet. Still a little Arnie. That's, Brand so, that's absolutely just Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> Dario and Jorah debate how <laughs> to take Yunkai. How House Frey joins with House Tommy. <laughs> I, I just gave up. I, I feel like after you listened to it, it got even more Arnold. Got more Arnold. <laughs> We could re- we could go back to the video evidence. I think there's a healthy bit of Arnie in there, you know. Yeah, Arnie, Arnie, good old Arnie Schwartz. I don't know <sighs> who showed up first, but one of them took deep inspiration from the other. Oh, to anybody who is crazy enough to listen to our show without actually watching the show Game of Thrones, they're using us to catch up ahead of the new season. Uh, th- that's a ballsy move, but I guess we'll just go ahead and set it straight. Um, a lot happens in this episode. Uh, and hey, if one of our chief complaints up at this point is there's a lot to keep track of, all of a sudden there's a little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I do want to point out that if you are 
listening to only our show to try and get ready for the new season, uh, good luck. Because you're going to be very lost. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and also, in case you're not watching, or in case you want to watch, uh, no nudity in this episode. That's true. None at all. Yeah, I think we um, can all agree nothing happens in this episode. Yeah. If you were to watch, just listen to our show, and then you you know you go in and you're like, God, did they change? Did they change? You know, tactics this season because I was expecting the show to be a lot more penis based. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should have There's like a nothing. penis counter, like on our, on our podcast, like dinging in the background. Dong, dong, dong. dong. Exactly. Um, um, well, let's start from the beginning because you know things are kind of crazy at the end. We open up out at the twins. Uh, we we don't understand what it means, but we'll get to it later. Um, Rob and crew are eating bread and salt. It's a weird communion. And what this is, I don't even know if it's ever truly explained. It's it's the oh. guest right. If you eat bread and salt, you're, you're fed bread and salt by a lord. It is him welcoming you and saying that, you know. Hospitality. Despite anything else, you have my hospitality here. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back centuries. Like this is, you know, Bran even talks about it later on saying like the rat king guy in the night fort was cursed because he broke that guest right tradition um, so this is a it's a big deal here and it, it will get to a little bit of a big deal later in the show before i mean obviously i think i know what a lot of our conversation is going to center on what was some of your guys's uh other notes from the episode favorite least favorite moments uh i mean so I'll just hit some parts where I thought was so in, in Yunkai or Yunkai, mm-hmm. um, that whole part where now Grey Worm is because they're discussing kind of the strategic oh, yeah. of how to take this area, right? How are they going to free this city? Because I mean, that's what Daenerys is really more about not conquering, which I think is part of her character. She sees herself as not a conqueror, but as a freer, right? Like, that's kind of her yeah. thing. Um, so when she's listening to her, like to Jora and um, and the rest of her, her what's I can't think of his name now. So, um, Barristan. Um, yeah. She's always or trying Barastin, to. Barastin, as uh, past Jeremy has. Oh, you know, to. but I'm, I'm not sure. trying to get buzz in the first twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. Uh, I think she's always, and I noticed that actually now watching that now more that she's you actually see her follow that pretty, pretty well in this episode that she wants the, the good, if you will. So when it comes to her, like, Hey, we can, we can, we don't have to do anything. We can essentially kind of use them to free themselves. Um, I think that, or, and then set up the whole, um, with Dario, right. Isn't that what's going on for, cause he isn't, he the one that has the idea of taking a small group and infiltrating the city. Yeah. Yes. Going to sneak in the back gate and uh, take out the guards real quietly, and then open up the city from within. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's decided. Jorah, Dario, Grey Worm, they head on in and have a pretty baller fight scene. Yeah, that, that was awesome. That was a good part of the show. You get to see them, like, not only... They've all got their own individual fighting styles uh, going on. I think it's the first real, like, besides them just stabbing dudes walking by. Like, this is the first... Uh, fighting we get to see from any unsullied Grey Worm holding his own and then uh, yeah, that one move where like Jorah blocks this guy cuts him in the back and kicks him and then Dario like cuts his guts out that was pretty dope 
Yeah, it was pretty badass. I like that scene a lot. Uh, one of my one of my favorites, uh, if not my favorite. Uh, but I also really like the scene, uh, and I'm kind of changing gears here. But I do want to just pop this in before I forget because I did think it was very funny. Super small part. Hate you have my Wal- consent to pop it in. Hate Walder Frey, <clears throat> but I do like the scene where he's like he's like naming his daughters, and he's basically I can't and for, I can't remember <laughs> the exact names, but he's basically like Wanda, and then the, she's like she like shakes her head no, and he's like. Walda shakes her head. No, he's like Waldina, <laughs> and then she's, she just he just kind of gives up, and then she's like Mary, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. It reminded it, it reminded me of like did, did you guys ever watch uh, like Dexter's Laboratory? Yes. Yeah, I just thought like that. Uh, it's like the grandpa is like Dodo, and she's like Didi, <laughs> Dido, Didi, Dottie, Didi. Ah, thanks, Billy. <laughs> Walter Frey is a. He's got some interesting moments uh, in this show. He's got some some weird glances. You know, he knows he's being apologized to at this point at the beginning of the episode, so he can go like and say things like, uh, uh, "Looks like you broke your vow for perky tits in a tight fit." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my notes, I just have Walder Frey, huge creep to Talisa. Talisi, Talisi. Uh, also, did he adopt Roslyn? Uh, because no offense to his other kids, they look fine. But Roslyn is a is a great beauty, and we haven't seen her at this point. Like, this is an actual question: Is this a trick? Is she not a Frey child, or has he been hiding her away for some nefarious plot to be like, to be like, ha ha, look, I got a hot daughter. I don't know. Because yeah, isn't Edmure? Doesn't he say that in the last episode, where he's like free, or no, two episodes? Where he's worried about Mary, he's like, "Well, yeah. I mean, God knows yeah. what I'm walking into." Have you have you seen the phrase? And so, well, yeah, even uh, even when Catelyn pledges Rob's hand, yeah, um, she says, "You know, you can have his choice of his daughters." And you know, he says, "Well, what did you think of his daughters?" And he said, "I saw two that," or she said, uh, "I saw two that were not unpleasant, <laughs> or something like that." Like, so she obviously didn't see Rosalind. Exactly. What's up with this? Yeah. I, when I first watched the show, I thought it was a trick. Like, I thought it was, um, given what happens at the wedding, I thought he was just got some random chick. But then why would she go along with it, I guess? Yeah. And, and just, yeah, just speaking ahead, she is afraid. Yeah, because Edmure is his son-in-law or whatever. Yeah. Basically, and that, that plays out later. So, yeah, it's... It's weird. Uh, we get a couple. I will say, I, I want to get my least favorite moment out of the way if, if all are well with it. It's a trivial thing, but last episode, we pretty much end with Sam, the coward of all cowards, going toe to toe or toe to back of the shoulder with a white walker and uh, slaying it with a lucky obsidian dagger. And then we open on Sam and Gilly, and they're just talking about like fires or something, or the, you know, the night gate. And I don't even care if it's been four days, which we, again, timelines are sketchy. I don't know how long it's been. How are you talking about anything but that? Anything but the fact that you just killed something that hasn't been seen or killed in thousands of years. So I don't remember. Does John mention that he saw uh, when they were bringing the boy out? Does he mention that to Sam as well? Of saying that he saw the creature? I don't. 
I don't remember. I remember. It's, I mean, it doesn't show him mentioning it to Sam, but he definitely says it to Craster. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the only thing I could think of. Of like, he doesn't seem all that surprised. You know, it's just like kind of like they're just wandering now, heading back to to the wall. So yeah, I I'm don't gonna know. I'm gonna say that no, because Sam, Grem, and Pip do have that conversation after John leaves, where it's like, oh, one blast is for you know Rangers return and two blasts for Wildlings. And then Sam chimes in. He's like, oh, three blasts for White Walkers. And they look at him and he's like, not that anyone's used it, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't think he knows or would have had that conversation. Because then the question is, is Gilly aware of these things, right? It's never really said specifically in the show, do the wives know what Craster's doing with the sons? Who- I think so. Because she seems to know right away in the last episode, like, yes. it's coming for the baby. Yep. Like, she yeah. knows. Yep. You know. Yep. Good point. My uh, my least favorite part of the episode is right around there. Mm. Uh, same thing. And I'm going to hit on it again, because I've said it before, that little baby needs a hat. Thank you. Yes, it does. Uh, it does very much. This this baby is going to get frostbite to hell on its face. It's going to lose, ha- lose half of its little baby face. And then Achilles uh, going to feel pretty bad about that. Maybe they're of hardier stock. I don't know. Maybe. Do you um, feel the whole um, Bran Stark story is starting to become a little more interesting now that we've got to the wall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bran, we get to see him warg in this episode. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, it's baller. Uh, it is pretty much a badass, so that was something I enjoyed. So that was my favorite part. He wargs into into Hodor. Hodor. I love the little conversation afterwards where it's like, uh, you know, Hodor. people can warg into all kinds of things, but you got into Hodor. And he's like, he's like, people can't do that north of the wall. And Joe's just like, no one can do that. Like, why do you think we're here? Like, you're you're special, you dipshit. Uh, I love that. And then my one problem with that scene is, again, love the whole thing. Love John, you know, kind of drawing that line where his honor lies, running away from the wildlings. Yep. But does he just not acknowledge it? Or does he really not recognize the fact that he was just saved by two direwolves that he would be relatively familiar with? Like, I know they're bigger, but they're direwolves south of the wall. You don't have that many options. Like... Does it strike him as odd? Because I don't think it's ever brought up. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think it's brought up again at all. The what, how he got away in that sense. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I don't remember anything particular from a statement he makes after that in the next couple episodes on how he yeah. got free. Um, but obviously, other things happen to him soon in the next episode as well. So yeah, what did you? Um, yeah, what'd you guys think of uh, of John's turning point there? Expected. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I think it was, it was a good line to be drawn, right? I mean, he couldn't kill that guy, so. Right. I mean, when he's talking the entire time, I think it was in the last episode, maybe the one before, explaining to Egret about, look, this is a failed mission. This, this is never going to work. The prior attempts don't work. And she's pointing, you know, you're one of us, so we all die together and all that stuff. Like he, one of us. Yeah, you're, he doesn't really seem. He doesn't seem to agree with that statement. Just kind of turns and walks away, you know, Um, and which is why I think we talked about prior of like, is there truly love? Does he does he love her? We we know that answer in the next couple episodes. We see more of that development, but um, Mm. I I don't know. I think he's confused. I don't think he knows because he's fighting with his own honor, right? I mean, he sees himself as the spy. 
but also he broke an oath. Um, he broke an oath, killed a fellow uh, Knight of the Watch, which he argues later that, you know, he didn't murder him. He simply allowed his death to have meaning, which I think is, was a really good part of the show uh, in the future. So um, I don't know. I, I John's character now for me um, is just now getting good. Like it's mm-hmm. been really slow with him. Even the whole Egret thing with the Wildlings. I don't know. It's it's slow for me there, but now I'm actually in, in, interested in see what he's going to do. It's yeah, it's at this point where like and maybe it's just because I lost one of my, you know, one of my chief boys, but <laughs> now I'm rooting for John. Yeah, exactly. It, that's a good way of putting it. You're definitely rooting for John now. You've seen him go through enough shit and you you're interested to see what is he going to do. It is one of the more overshadowed moments because obviously emotions get even higher. But it's a pretty sad moment in that tower. Bran and Rickon uh, parting ways. Um, will they see each other again? Who's to say? But uh, it's you know it's a little bit of a bummer there. You know, I, I I I'm your brother. I have to protect you. And Bran's just like. These are like the first six lines you've gotten in the whole series. What are you going to do to protect me, you little shit? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was cute. I liked that moment a lot. Yeah, and Osha like, is good, right? I mean, like Osha's yeah. been a good character. Yeah. It, it was hard because you want them all in that same dynamic. Um, so that was kind of hard to see them split up. I was kind of hoping Rickon would just kind of like just fade away into the darkness again like, <laughs> like you did down in the uh in the down catacombs in the or crypt or whatever just kind of fade into the darkness like a little creep <laughs> and he was just all of a sudden he was never even there he was never uh, um yeah, yeah. to Go just ahead, jump back uh with gilly and sam before we move on to bigger components of the episode what did you think of the uh uh what little line that Gilly says when she's asking Sam about how he can remember all this stuff in the book. And then she goes, you're, you're like a wizard. And you get this he gets little, so happy. Big old grin from Sam. <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, he, he is unusually smitten, which I still think is forced to an extent, but it uh, feels forced. Yeah. It's, it's cute. It's cute. It's whatever. It My, definitely, uh, it definitely yeah. provides a little bit of humor in this show, a little lightheartedness that is is t- suddenly drowned in sorrow. It's true. It's true. Which, um, the wedding, the the wedding. Edmure Tully gets married to Rosalind Frey. Um, you know she's the, no one sees her until the wedding, and <gasps> voila, she's beautiful. And Rob even kind of gives a look to Walder Frey, and he's like, <laughs> look at look at what my penis can do. And uh, <laughs> and yeah. So anyway, the wedding goes off. It kind of looks like a fun wedding. You know, there's fun exactly. little like northern English music going on. I'm a big fan of the, that folky like drum string beat thing. Um, it looks like good food. Catelyn's having fun. Bruce Bolton almost smiles. Uh, it's just a good occasion. Um, yeah. And then what What actually, what happened? I dozed off. What, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So they get a little bit sadder with the music. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a little bit sadder. You no, know, someone someone shuts the door. Brendan Tully leaves in the nick of time, uh, mm-hmm. conveniently, and then uh, you know they shut the doors because you know for acoustic purposes, I'm sure. Yeah. And then some violin starts striking up the reigns of Castamir, which for the uninitiated is the song that was written about Tywin Lannister wiping out an entire rival house. 
so here's like, my thing. Real, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt here, but was it really necessary to, <laughs> at the wedding, like to obviously have to have like practiced or like, do you think they just, they, do you think they actually had like a, uh, a practice music. run or like, she music. like, <laughs> like a full orchestra, like, like organized for the whole night? Uh, Walder Frey's just up there, like setting the tone for the whole evening. And was it really necessary to change the music for this wedding? I mean, they, I feel like I feel like that was a little over over the top. It was, uh, you know, Walder Frey is a party planner through and through. Can't you tell by his demeanor? And he, this needed to be flawless. I did. I did. I made uh, the mental note. I was like, "What if like Rob was like really happy with the band's performances, and he walked up the stairs to like thank them, and you know maybe get a request in, and he just walks up and sees like forty crossbows." <laughs> He's like, He's oh, like what's, hey, uh, what's that for? That's party, party favors. Party favors. Party yeah, favors. We don't have the confetti you know, shooters. Joffrey so loves crossbows. Thing. It's everyone's gift tonight. Like even so, even because the music starts, the change is a little early, and you start to get Catelyn kind of looking around, like what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, don't you think someone would have kind of like heard that music? Like it was it was that real upbeat, fun music. Then they go to this just like real, you know, drowning dark music. Don't you think someone would have been like? Man, this party really died. Like, you, guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys are downers. So yeah, um, no one really reacts, in so, the, except Catelyn, who's realizing everything in slow motion, and then like looks at Roose Bolton, who looks like who motions basically to like, hey, check out my sleeve, and uh, she does, and he's wearing armor. He went and changed, and she slaps him across the face, and then obviously he knows what's about to happen, and he gets out of there. But what it looks like is. She slaps him across the face and he just runs off screen. <laughs> like he's so shamed that he must run away. <laughs> yeah, so in the book, we Catelyn's perspective is the is this. And you get a lot from her, her emotions. And I, I just remember the whole um part where she's, you know, talking to to Ned in like a prayer of like the kind of the grief and everything, the loss of her sons. Yeah. Um, you don't do you think that so that is an emotional thing. Sure. What do you think is the most emotional part of this? Because uh, for me, Talisa getting stabbed. Yes. And that that's the is, big yeah, because book readers don't expect that. Again, Talisa's not a character yeah. and Rob's wife in the books isn't at isn't the wedding. There. Yes. Exactly. So this is yeah, this is a very different thing. Stabbed in the baby, by oh, the way. God, multiple yeah, times. That, that was yeah. oh. right in the baby. Um which is a little right after they decided to name it at Ned too. <laughs> yeah. Which is oh, really, really. So Do I think that that's, you know, the sh that's, that was put in specifically to be like, okay, everyone is going to be emotionally invested in this moment, whether they know what's coming or yeah. not. Um, and it sets off that tone of just craziness. I still think that Catelyn has the most, like we see her up in arms, giving up everything she's fought for. Walder, let it go. We'll forget, we'll forgive, we'll never, blah, blah, blah. Just let my son walk away. Kill me, doesn't matter. She yeah. kills Walder Frey's wife. Or she kills the grand, a grandson, I think, in the book, right? Or I, I don't remember. Could yeah, she, does, she doesn't kill a wife, I believe. She kill, I remember her killing either a grandson or... A nef it's a boy i'm almost positive okay okay um which is another thing again that makes this more powerful right killing a wife getting yeah even though his his reaction to it is kind of like i'll get another no big mm -hmm. deal 
It's like his ninth wife already, so yeah. it's probably um, good And I think she even out. realizes that when she has her, of like, fuck, like, there's literally nothing. This is the end. And the end, the end scene of, you know, with her throat slit and just the absolute giving up, right? Like, you, you see, like, this sigh. It is yeah. unbelievably depressing. It's the one thing where... Um, you know, knowing what happens and even having seen this again, you're like, I don't really need to watch it again yeah, because it's so intense. And I yeah. watched an interview with Richard Madden, Rob Stark, who was talking about the fact that he hadn't seen the scene since the episode premiered and he didn't want to watch it. But there were all these people, Michelle Fairley, um, and I, I'm, I don't know Talisa's actor's name, actress's it's, name. It's Talisi. Talisi, sorry. Um <laughs> How they just, you know, everyone is so emotionally invested in the scene and there's such good performances that you oh, need God. to, like, you feel such respect for that that you have to kind of sit yourself through it despite the fact that it hurts. Uh, and it really is a very emotional... I remember the first time this episode aired, again, I knew what was happening. I'd read the books. Um, my dad called me at two in the morning after he had watched the episode, like, woke me up so that he could just yell at me for getting him into this show. <laughs> Because it was such a, uh, it was such an emotional moment my, for him. My aunt is really into um, this more than more than Bob is, but Bob was watching it, and I remember when they saw this, and she was like, "I almost stopped watching the show." She yeah. she loved Rob. Rob yeah. was her hero, and I um, I mean, everyone remembers the scene with Ned and Arya and the doves, or. You know, or you're just kind of like that's such an, a powerful thing to me Talisa getting stabbed just wrecks you you're yeah, like what the fuck like no <laughs> you're not supposed to be there you're not supposed to die how fucking dare you make this show kill her it's dark yeah it's it's super crazy speaking of like having read the scene um, this this season is where I started reading the books like before the season came out so I had read this before I saw it. I knew it was happening. But <laughs> the Red Wedding is not a phrase that I was familiar with reading the books. Like, no one was talking about it until it happened to the show in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that I knew of. Um, and I was working at Disney at the time. And uh, because of the bus system there, I'd have to get to work quite early just to make sure that I'd be on time in case something went wrong. So I'd spend like an hour reading in the break room before my shift would start. And about five minutes before my shift started, I read this chapter. Oh, my God. And then began my 13-hour shift where I had to smile nonstop at Walt it, Disney. And it's just like having long. this crisis inside me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, so, like I felt almost physically ill. I was like thinking I was going to open the next chapter and it was going to be like, and Rob awoke from a dream. It was the 21st century and, you know, like that it was going to be some sort and of crazy. And he had discovered iTunes. Exactly. But uh, no. And the dire wolf, really I mean, the death. I mean, oh. like, pets dying always suck, right? Like, come on. Like, I, the the whole head laying, oh my God, like just. Mm. And Arya gets so close it hurts. Yeah. Like, and that's oh. when I actually think the hound, and I talked about this a little bit uh, last episode, start to see him like you see he's like he gets how fucked up it is he gets that yeah it's, yeah that it's going to be bad um knocks her out because he realizes if he doesn't things are just going to get worse um, yeah he's got to get her out there yeah so i don't know oh. i um this was much more i mean 
obviously multiple deaths, multiple main characters, which, you know, we, we've talked about, we've seen Rob marching toward this moment with some really bad decisions. Any, any glowing, besides the obvious marrying to Lisa, anything else that you think was just that led to this? Cause it's, there's conversation that we're, we're going to talk about in the future that it's not just the betray betrayal um, with the marrying of Talisa that leads to this moment. But sure. do you, do you think there's any, anything else that you can think of in the prior episodes that led to it? I think, um, oh, I think it probably would have tried to happen one way or the other, but I think what led to them being at the ultimate mercy of this guy was initially the Ironborn invasion. Yep. Had Rob Nets not sent Theon away or had Theon made a smidge better choices in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Karstark thing as well, which again, I stand by the fact that I like the decision that Rob made. I think it was 100% in with his character. Yep. But had he not done it, this, I think, could have been postponed to the level where it might not have even happened. Yeah, yeah and it's funny because they talk about him of like what – what a great kind of battle mind. He's winning all these battles. Like, that's the thing is like, Mm -hmm. they talk about, oh, he's making stupid decisions, but every decision he makes, he wins. And, and every time you do something and he points out, look, yeah, that's dumb. You lost more men. We don't have the men to lose. Like I, I am doing the things that are smart. We can't win the war that they want to fight. We win the war that we want to fight. And then, and there was like, oh, he's, he's, uh, he thinks himself too high and all that stuff. And I'm like, really? Cause the entire time I'm thinking you guys are, are fucking stupid. You're making all these like jump to conclusion, battle of tactics. And Rob's always showing like that very kind of tactician mind. So I struggled with that as well because Rob, Rob's death was more powerful to me than Ned. Obviously we've known Rob yeah. longer in the show as well, but Rob doesn't make those same mistakes that his dad did. I don't think Rob's honor leads to his death where Ned's did. Yeah, it's kind of backwards, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one non-honorable thing that Rob yeah. kind of does leads to his yeah. uh, Which do you death. Th- and I think that's actually probably what I would argue the book is kind of showing as well. You know, of like, they, it wants to point out that there is, there is no honor, right? There is yeah, no honor no, in the Game of yeah. Thrones. And I think that literally could have been the name of the oh, yeah. the episode. <laughs> um, Hans, were you watching, like when you first watched this episode, were you live with the show or had it already happened? It had already happened. I, uh, so did you know it was coming? Uh, I had known that there was, I had heard the phrase Red Wedding. Okay. Uh, I had no idea <laughs> that Rob Stark died. Or any of the specific characters died. I just knew that there was a moment in the show that a lot of people bitched about. And I had no idea what it was. So, yeah. to answer your question, no, I was completely surprised. And I was he, pissed. Yeah. I thought Rob was, <laughs> Rob was my boy. Oh, they're just taking everybody away from us. And I, I will think, say, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just think it was so crazy that I thought, and I think Tony, you said pretty much the same thing. I just, I was so surprised that even watching it the second time got me. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I knew it was coming and it still bothered me. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the fifth time right now and it hurts, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> oh, God. The, uh, yeah. And I know we have touched on it a little bit before. Um, we'll go ahead and spoil the books as we have time and time again. 
Uh, Catelyn Stark comes back in the books yeah. as a different character called Lady Stoneheart. Um, she's brought back by Beric Dondarrion. The effort kills him, and she goes on to lead the Brotherhood, and they basically just go on a quest to murder Freys. Uh, it does fold back into some key character points that we could get into later on when those things are going to kind of be happening. Um, but it's a choice they decided not to go with in the show. Uh, I think it's one of the first major character exclusions, um, the big divergences that we're starting to get where the show's making their own choices and saying, okay, uh, we're, we're doing our own thing, telling our own story. And I know some people don't like that. I really respect that because it's like, I want to enjoy the books when they come out, if that's in next year or in 10 years, <laughs> um, for what they are and for the story that they're going to tell, not just reading the script of something that already happened. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a smart move um, because just, I don't know anything about that storyline, but I think they wanted to save the coming back to life thing for to be more of a surprise right not that that's just something that just can happen uh i think they they would have up until you said that that never even like made an impact on me until you made that point yeah they would have but i mean we've already seen it they would have like set the I, i think it was more subtle that way though like i don't know We've seen it in non and non, I would say non main characters, right? Like sure. And so I think that's been less power. I mean, it's less powerful. You bring back a Stark or a Lannister, and suddenly it's like, holy shit, game changed. Yeah, but yeah. I also I kind of think on the on the converse end of that. Not that we in the books we never see it happen. We only hear that it did happen. Um, you know, see in quotes. But I kind of think that it goes against that point a little bit, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, this can happen. But not only, you know, all the resurrections that we see in the show thus far and going forward, um, it's just kind of like, okay, it happens. The God has willed it, and so it shall be. But in this instance, the effort kills somebody. Yeah, And I kind of like that counterbalance. I, I do, that's too. a good point. Yeah. And uh, again, I mean, we already know my opinion on Catelyn. She was meant to yeah, set she was, she on was that meant iron to rule. throne <laughs> to rule until the end of days. That's oh, going to well, be how the books uh, yeah. end. Zombie Catelyn up on the throne. <clears throat> you well, know it. you know, Jeremy, I, I have some bad news for you. We have ripped, rest in peace, Rob, Catelyn, Talisa, oh, Ned 2.0, and uh, Grey Wind, and probably most of this Stark... Uh, not fleet, but armada. No, that's not the right word either. Forces at this point. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but I also have worse news for you. Uh, I hope your cinnamon scone was good, but we don't have time to ask you no, how no, it was. we got to wrap scone. things up. Delicious. Uh, you can catch us, thronesandscones.com, to find the links to everything. We'll be You're back tomorrow to round asshole. out this season. Every single one of you. <laughs> You're down with G-O-T. Yeah, you Fuck know you. me. No. Fuck you. Our podcast is slowly just transitioning into each one of us evaluating, like spending Scrubs. a good half an episode evaluating one of our scrotums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, plural for scrotum? Scrotum? Scrotum. Scrotuses? Scrotuses. My brother texted me the other day saying like, oh, I just listened to your uh, season two recap. And he had like a bunch of the crying emojis because that's how the youth talk now. Yeah. And... Uh, I was like, oh, thanks. You know, we, we were kind of hoping that, you know, that that episode would be a little bit better, but I'm glad you liked it. He's like, I didn't even get past the first 15 minutes. I'm just laughing my ass off at all the balls. 
Yeah, I think I think we found our audience. Uh, yeah, just yeah. just those those youths that really think testicles are funny. <laughs> you know, with the response of that, maybe I should just do more drugs at this point. Yeah, what other elective surgeries can yeah, you have for the podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That I seem to drink more when we're doing this. I feel like that's the thing with the breakfast podcast. You're like, oh, I'm throwing the scones with alcohol now. Yes. Like a breakfast yeah. beer, you know? Mm-hmm. We just got to pretend like we're well, European. I could, t- I could totally do that. I mean, delicious. Well, I think, I think yeah. we already talked about some possible elective surgeries that Jeremy could have. Uh, probably penis reduction. Penis reduction. Uh, <laughs> yes. Testicle <sure>. enlargement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it sounds like, Tony, it sounds like these could also apply to you nowadays. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, it is the uh, it is the cross I bear with a horse cock. <laughs> yeah, and to the contrary, uh, I have a very small penis. <laughs> so, so no no worries over here. <laughs> Our show I, average is still right in the yeah. right in the good. Yeah, you know. probably still running a little small for the average. <laughs> <laughs> 